BBC over here in the UK the other day, um, I happened to catch Simon and Garfunkel from Central Park, that legendary concert from a few years ago where you were at the back with Grady Tate. Now, it got me thinking about, I, I know you've been asked every question a million times and I appreciate that, but the double drumming thing, I mean, you've just been out, obviously, um, with Clapton um and Sonny Emery obviously alongside you what how do you find playing double drums Steve is there is there a certain approach you take to that um well I, I mean I would take a simpler approach and yes. try to try to play a, a lot um as much as you can together yeah you know what I mean for the groove and for the feel um, so I, you know, I like it, especially if the other drummer is, likes to do the same thing, you know, and it can be fun. I mean, you can make, it can be powerful and, and um, and exciting and, but not in a way where you got a gorilla it, where a way it's like, you got, you just got two guys doing the same thing and it's, and it's big automatically without you even forcing it. Sure. Sure. The thing with the, the the Central Park one was like when when Paul started to rehearse for that, I couldn't, I wasn't available for the first rehearsals. Okay. So Grady was was there, and uh, and you know, and we're all friends. So Paul, uh, you know, just kept included Grady, and we both. When I came, Grady stayed, and I just you know joined in, and uh, it just seemed like the normal. Um, uh, you know, correct thing to do when you're dealing with, you know, musicians on on the level of the musicians that Paul was working with. You know, of course. I mean, and, and that was a it was a hell of a band, wasn't it? That let's be honest. You know, the late Richard T. Obviously, oh, yeah. on, on key, it's just um, uh, Anthony Jackson on bass, I believe, for that one as well. I was just was it Anthony? I think it was. It was either Anthony or Tony, but uh, Tony Levin. But I, I, maybe it was. Uh, it could have been Anthony. I'm, I'm not sure, but it, it looked like it. I was. I was watching it. I caught up again with it the other day, and uh, it's such a great con. Have you got good memories of that? Because it was a. It was a big affair, that wasn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was gigantic, and um, the stage was a few stories high, they built it way up. And uh, I mean, any event like that, where there's so many things that, that could go wrong, mm. weather wise, sound wise, you know, whatever, but it all, it just, every, all the stars lined up and, and they recorded it and, it, and, and I, people still talk about it. Right. Yeah, well, you know, hey, they're still showing it, and 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 why not with such great songs? But it's such a relaxed performance from from both yourself and Grady, and I mean that, you know, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it. You know, it's just so laid back. And when you go into any um, gig or recording with double drums, is there a lot of rehearsal that goes into it, or is it just an instinctive thing that you do? With, with you know uh, Grady or with whoever you're playing alongside. Uh, the, on the on the things that I've done double drums on, there's uh, with 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 stuff. Mm. We just we just started doing it. We just you know Chris and I 
you know, Chris started, uh, you know, seven, you know, I, he would ask me to play some nights when he couldn't do it. And we, so we started doing it that way. And then when we started getting called for gigs, they hired both of us, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was how that happened. Um, with Rick Murata, a lot of the stuff, we just went in the studio and, and uh, the rehearsal was in the studio, you know, getting it, getting the, the piece ready to record. Yeah. Um, but with um, with Sonny, um, we had uh, time, you know, we had a couple of weeks to rehearse. So, you know, it varies. So it, it's there isn't any one way, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... Because I guess it's very different to playing with a percussionist. Um, there's, there's a bit, <laughs> there are more tro- more toes to tread on, aren't there? If you've got two drummers playing, I guess, with percussion, just adding some colour and, uh, you know, a bit of spice to it. But with, with two drummers, I guess there's more 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 that could go wrong. Well, you just have to, you got to be, you know, you can't just play the way you normally play. You just, you got to remember that. There's other guys that, you know, are going to be thinking of things to do in those spaces that are going by. Mm. And the best thing is when nobody fills the spaces. Yeah. Then you then you know you got some guys that are going to listen and pick and choose. Because I don't want to play over somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make, uh, it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. No. It's like talking over somebody, you know. I'd like to talk about one more album. And again, keeping great company with this one and this is uh flash harry nilson from ah. we get we i guess we're uh, i haven't written the is it late 70s 80 maybe i think it was 78 maybe or something yeah. like that yeah and, and again keeping great company with the drummers there i believe it, it ringo who who i know was a him he and uh harry nilson were friends totally uh, yeah and and jim keltner yes so, I couldn't figure out why. Why is not? Why isn't Jim here? Why am I here? <laughs> you know. But I'll tell you why. Because he ended up doing it. Uh, they were doing it at uh, Cherokee Studios, and the Robs, D. Rob and Bruce Rob and Joe Rob, were all really. They. I had done some work for them when I first uh, moved to L.A., and they were the ones that got me the gig uh, with um, Rod, because Rod was recording at the studio, and they called me one day and said. Uh, why don't you come in, Rod? You know, uh, Rod's here and they're looking for a drummer. But but as for Her- the whole Harry thing, that was my 33rd birthday, I think, or something like that. And I was sitting at home and D-Rob called me up and goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm just sitting here. He goes, how would you like to do a session with Ringo Starr, double drums? And I almost, I was, I, I'm going like, what? Are you kidding? You know, <clears throat> so we went in and, and, uh, at first, we had our drums facing each other in the studio, like maybe 15 feet apart. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ringo's, I, I, I worked, did a lot of work there. So I went out and got a drum sound, maybe took 20 minutes. Yeah. Ringo went out and started hitting his drums. And they all of the heads on that kit at that point were black and all caved in. <laughs> Okay, so he he starts hitting the drums and one one time's like sympathetically ringing the next. And uh, we're all in the control room and the engineers going, I don't know. I don't know if I can get these drums. So they got nobody wanted to say anything. So we got the second engineer to hit the talk back. And he says to Ringo, he says, Ringo, we're thinking maybe getting some some new heads for those drums. What kind of heads do you like? And Ringo said this. He goes, 
These are the fucking drums I used on Sergeant Pepper. If they're good enough for Sergeant Pepper, they're good enough for this. And everybody just went, okay, okay. <laughs> and they made oh, them sound good. Oh, beautiful. I'll never forget that. What's the approach for recording double drums? Would you do it at the same time? or Because obviously it was a Rarely. different time for recording then, wasn't it, really? Rarely. Yeah, uh, the the process of, of recording, um, as you know, it's it you know, there's so many ways you can approach recording. I mean, these days, if I was doing if I was doing those records now, I'd probably rehearse on a big sound stage and get you know and spend time getting the two drums drum kits to be absolutely gigantic and then sort of routine the band all playing. And then maybe just capturing the drum tracks and then overdubbing onto those. Mm. Uh, back in the day, a lot of it was bit by bit. I mean, each track's probably different. If I was to sort of listen to a track and go, well, how was that done? You know, they'd all be a, a slightly different approach, but we weren't always playing at the same time mm. um, as, in, as in the way of, you know, doing studio work. But um, one of us would probably lay down a basic rhythm and we'd check that that was essentially right, and then we'd just set set about overdubbing. Mm. I mean, really? I, I mean, the track "Kings of the Wild Frontier." I think that's got like I think we feel because obviously you're working in twenty four track tape back in the day. It's not like digital where you've got an endless number of tracks. So I think we we overdubbed drum kits or parts of drum kits about thirteen tracks of drum kits and that was all reduced down and then more stuff added i mean that sounds like um quite complex it wasn't it's just what we did these days that's easy you just you just add more tracks in your, in your recording program but but then you you were sort of uh, tethered to the amount of tracks you had going back to what you were saying chris about you and terry kind of working out because yeah. it's not just obviously to the untrained ear, it might just be two drummers just playing along with each other. Yeah. But knowing you and knowing rhythm and how it works, those are very, very integral, important rhythms that have been worked out and unified or call and answer stuff. Yeah. Really, yeah. really, it's... Knowing you, mate, you, you guys went deep to, well, to do you know, create that sound. Do you know, um, you know when you... As a drummer, you know when you work with a bass player that you know and you like and you feel connected with, you can do something on a drum kit that's got a certain nuance, and your bass player will go, he's going there. I'll, I'll play accordingly. So you understand that the, the, the grammars that get developed between a bass player and a drummer, you know, it could be a certain look and a certain, certain arm movement, and the, and the bass player will know that it's, a, you know, it's gestural, but he'll play a certain way. With, with, in a way, and if you watch any old footage of us playing, we're, we're watching each other quite a lot of the time. So there's things where we're being gestural and, you know, marking things and a shoulder will come forward. And, it, you know, there's, you develop a way of playing as like with anybody else, you know, like a guitarist will learn how to work with a keyboard player. The two drummers kind of grow to work together. And in fact, if the band had lasted longer, if we'd have had another year, I think there would have been some more incredible developments between the two drums because a lot of it was like, we just get this set up and we just do it because it was a very quick process. You know, it wasn't like we had hours and hours, you know, once the board's rolling, 
you know, we were flying off to do a gig here or flying back to do Top of the Pops or whatever it was. It was a bit, it was a bit chaotic. So it wasn't like we had um, luxury time to, to, to work the next set of stages out. You know, a lot of it was intuitive. Thinking back to the great first conversation you had with Matty there and the, and the brilliant thing of playing with two drums, you know, with you and with Ringo. Did that ever pop up? Not with Ringo again, but did you ever do any other double drum dates? I did, uh, with Jeff Piccaro. We did double drums. How did we miss uh, this out last time? We didn't. We didn't <laughs> yeah. Uh, who was it? It was a Canadian artist. The Guess Who? Uh, the lead singer? God, my brother. Was the band called Guess Who? Did you say the Guess Who? Yeah, it was the guy who he was. Uh, uh, have to, uh, I don't. I don't know who that is off the top of my head. Yeah, they were they were really big uh, for a while. Anyway, yeah, we did. Uh, in fact, we did a um, a Percy Sledge tune when a man loves a woman with double drums, which was was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I think I did some double drums. Uh, maybe it was just with Jeff and with Ringo, and that's not so shabby either, huh? <laughs> no, can I just say to you? Can you just hear what you just said? It's just with Jeff and Ringo. So you're okay. sitting alongside one of the most influential drummers that's ever been every, you know, forever. That's it, and that's that's your that's your gig. That's amazing. What's the approach for 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 doing double drums? I mean, is there much is there much rehearsal involved in that, or is it? No, it's all it's all knowing that from from my end, it's all knowing that this is the guy right next to me that got me into wanting to play in a band and still has me excited about playing in a band, especially his band, the mm. Ringo Starr and the All Star Band. And if he, I'm just watching him like a hawk. And if he's going for a fill, the last thing I'm going to do is is take my hand off my hi hat, man, and play. I just want to groove and let him. If he wants to fill, fill. If there's something where a fill could be, and he's, I can see, you know, because he leads with his left, I can see, I got a great view of him here. Mm. He's going to do a fill. I'll just lay, I'll just keep grooving. And then if he's not going to do a fill, and I think it'd be a great place that we would want to fill, I'll do a fill. But I, my neck is often, in a good way, sore from going like this. Yeah. Um, um, whenever I uh, play you know, a song with Ringo, A, number one, I'm watching his kick drum and mm. his snare drum and just making sure that, you know, I'm with him, yeah. that we're not flamming. And I let him lead the way and just do his thing. And if he's going to go for a fill, um, I'll just, you know, let he's he's Ringo. People <laughs> didn't come there to see me. They came there to see Ringo. So sure. I'm just happy to be there as the other drummer. Let's talk a, a second. Let's talk about, let's talk about Simon. Simon from the, rock group free when he was a teenager mm -hmm. right but we did get a chance to play together one time in boston we played together a few times and we double drummed at this charity event and i tend to play kind of loud <laughs> and we're set up next to each other we're playing i think we're, i don't know i don't remember what songs we were playing and someone asked him said well what's it like double drumming with chad and he's like it's like trying to piss up the Niagara Falls. <laughs> Something like that. 